What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Heath's running back tiers. Does David Montgomery belong in the same tier as Joe Mixon? Maybe only Heath would say yes to that. Does Josh Jacobs belong in the same tier as Javante Williams? We're going to get into all of this. Quite frankly, Heath just doesn't have enough tiers. He only has eight. Uh, there needs to be at least 20, at least 20, Heath. So it's okay. We'll work on We'll workshop it uh, today. Also, happy red day. I'm wearing red. Heath is wearing red. And our special guest, Donkey Teeth, is wearing red. Uh, Heath uh, didn't even coordinate that. How about that? This is kind of creepy, actually. This red, this red thing. What's creepy about it? I don't know. It's just weird. It just looks like we tried. We well, tried. I, I think we one thing that we consistently try to do on this on this channel is appear as if we're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Donkey Teeth from Razball. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Excited to talk some running backs. Yeah, and it's really great to have you on. And you are at Donkey Teeth 87, and your name is Donkey Teeth. And tell us about Razball. Well, you know, I've been at Razbol, Razbol. I keep saying Razbol because we are uh, launching our Razbol contest, which is kind of a Scott Fishbowl uh, knockoff that we created a few years back. And both of you will be participating in it. Uh, we'll have it's about sixty-six uh, percent experts, analysts from the industry, and thirty-three percent fans. We do a fan lotto, and then uh, people can win their way in. But that's why I keep uh, slipping up and saying Razbol. But Razbol. Uh, it's pretty well established in the fantasy baseball world. Uh, and we've been trying to grow the fantasy football side over the past few years. I've kind of been been spearheading it. You know, they uh, they they saw old donkey teeth out there and they said, that's the guy to grow fantasy football for us. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of fun stuff going on. My, my running back rankings actually dropped last week. I've got the top 20 running backs out there right now working on uh, wide receiver r- rankings. They'll be up probably today or tomorrow. And uh, we've got a really cool ADP tool uh, that uh, takes a composite from a bunch of different sites that we got permission from, and you can kind of sort through them. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff that we're working on over there uh, from the tools side. So that, that's uh, kind of my, my quick pitch. Thanks for letting me promote it there, Adam. Of course. So you took a look at Heath's uh, tiers. I don't know if you, I mean, you have them. I don't know if you even took a look. I imagine. Yeah, there's not enough. I agree. Yeah, right. What is it, at first glance, what are your thoughts on Heath's tiers? I, I mean, I, I actually uh, like the the way he has them structured. There's, I hate when I look at rankings and it's like, wow, this is just, you know, ADP right here. Uh, which a lot of people seem to do nowadays. It's like, ah, move a, a couple players, one up and one down. But there's some some pretty uh, nice hot takes in here, which that's my style, Heath. Yeah. Well, like, there's no... Um, I think it was actually uh, Razballer, Rudy Gamble, that um, when they there was the big kerfuffle over Fantasy Pro's um, experts... Um, analysis and and how whether it was worth more to be right about someone that you were different than everyone on than to be right about someone that everybody was right about on right yeah he did he did some analysis on this and and he's driven himself crazy trying to <laughs> kind of crack the the fantasy pros 
competition while also straying from the consensus pretty far. Uh, you, you know, he uses a lot of lot of data analytics to to come up with his projections, and then his weekly rankings reflect that. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I love the fantasy pros competition. Don't get me wrong; it's it's awesome that we have it, and everybody can use that as a, a reference. But it does, to a certain extent, uh, you know, turn into a bunch of sheep following each other, it feels like to me. And there's only a handful of people because if you go too far against the consensus, the way that their algorithm is set up, it really penalizes you. So well, it, it incentivizes people being very similar. And I think it's uh, there's something else in that it's more helpful with tiers than rankings. And we talk about this a lot. Like, do you want to rank somebody at running back 10 if you know that nobody has to draft him before running back 20? And so how do you combine rankings with ADP in determining like where you should put somebody? Is it, does, is it worthwhile to rank somebody 30th overall? Like I might with Brandon cooks when he goes 65th, a lot of the time, like, should you pull back on that ranking? So people aren't drafting him three rounds beforehand. I think you just have, have to have a conversation about your rankings and how to use them relative to ADP. But I, for the most part, I try to just ignore ADP when I'm doing rankings and tiers. I think that's the right way to go because, you know, there's so much content. You can write a separate article about these are my rankings versus ADP. We have, you know, a million podcasts throughout the year. You can get that message across. Right. Uh, I don't. I think you should stick to your, your own rankings and not even worry about ADP. Uh, but, yeah, Heath, you don't have enough tiers. Your first three tiers should actually be six tiers. I'm going to tell you what they should be, okay? Okay. Okay, so tier one stays the same. McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Eckler, and Henry. And these are PPR specifically? These, these are PPR, yes. Okay, so that should be your first tier. McCaffrey, Taylor, Eckler, and Henry. Your second tier has seven players in it. Should be three separate tiers. <laughs> uh, the seven players are Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, the first part of that tier should be Mixon, Dalvin Cook, and Najee Harris. The second part of that tier should just be Aaron Jones. He's in his own tier. Okay, so if, what if I like Aaron Jones more than Najee Harris? How should I, how should I work those two things that you're telling me out? You shouldn't like him more than Harris because I'm telling you what the tiers should be. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> but he goes after the workhorses, uh, Aaron Jones. And then you've got the, the last part of that tier, which is the third part, which is the fourth tier overall, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, and David Montgomery. Wait, I thought you said that Aaron Jones went after the workhorses, after, but then you just put David Montgomery after Aaron Jones. Well, the good workhorses. The good workhorses. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Okay. Uh, Mixon, Cook, and Najee are one tier, followed by Aaron Jones in his own tier, then Swift, Fournette, and Montgomery. Tier three, I don't even want, like, tier three, I made so many changes. Uh, tier three is, for you, it's Javante, Barkley, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Ezekiel Elliott. I made that a... Javante, Chubb, Barkley tier, and then Jacobs and Zeke. But then I added Cam Akers and James Conner from your next tier to Jacobs and Zeke. All right? So mm. you're welcome. Well, I, I do appreciate that, and it's super helpful. <laughs> and um, now maybe we could just do what we did yesterday and go through each of the tiers and talk about them. Okay, I think that's a better idea. <laughs> We have a lot to talk about today. We have two live streams. We have one coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. It is a Dynasty Superflex Startup Mock Draft. Okay, so if you're doing a startup mock, this will be great for you. It'll have rookies. It'll have veterans. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. Tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, a special edition of Fantasy Football Today only on YouTube. Scott Fish is joining us. Tara Roberts is joining us. It's just going to be me and the two of them helping you out with your Scott Fishbowl questions if you're in a Scott Fishbowl draft or if you just want to talk general fantasy, fire away. Um, since since Donkey Teeth got to promote something, can I promote my Scott Fishbowl team? Yes, you can. I would like to promote podcastawards.com real quick. We have a QR code on our video. You can scan that, or you can just go to podcastawards.com, or you can follow the link in the episode description, and please vote for us in two categories, best sports podcast and best male-hosted podcast. Uh, we would love to win it, so please go to podcastawards.com, and uh, please vote. We'd really appreciate it. We gotta get. I think we get to the next round, and then hopefully win the whole damn thing. 
Heath is bragging about his Scott Fishball team. He's made seven picks. That's crazy, by the way. Uh, Donkey Teeth has made two. I've made three. Go ahead, Heath. Uh, what, what are your seven great picks? Well, first off, the Fort Lauderdale division has been fantastic. We have a good Twitter DM chat going that keeps the draft moving. We've already raised over $300 for local charities in South Florida. It's a really good group of people, and we're in round seven. So my division is better than your division. Uh, my Scott Fishbowl team, I have two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins. I have one running back so far. It's Christian McCaffrey. And my wide receivers are Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, and Brandon Cooks. So, Donkey Teeth, in, in a format where wide receivers have the least value, you know, they, they're like the least important position, apparently, in, in the Scott Fishbowl. Everybody seems to know that and draft that way. Heath has four in his first seven picks. What do you think about And, by the way, no tight ends in a to, tight end premium. To be clear, I did not take a wide receiver until pick 48. It doesn't matter. You have four. You have none. <laughs> you have no tight ends and a tight end premium. <laughs> Donkey Teeth, what do you think about Heath's incredible, what he thinks is an incredible team? I mean, sometimes you got to zig when everybody else is zagging. That that presents the the best opportunities. You know what I always say, Adam, is it really doesn't matter what strategy you take as long as you pick the right players. I'm not sure if Heath did that, but um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with uh, taking wide receivers because you've got it's so deep. I mean, you're going to need them, and uh, you're going to need players to fill in for all those uh, flex spots that we have too. My basic strategy here is that nobody is going to remember next year if I finished four and seven or seven and four or anything in between. The only thing worth playing for this is be spectacular in one direction or the other. So I have stacked up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Brady, Evans, and Godwin. I've also got McCaffrey and DJ Moore, their week 17 opponent. So if I do make it to the finals and there's fireworks in that week 17 matchup, my team is just going to absolutely explode. Um, and that's why I took McCaffrey in the at, at where I did because it was pick twelve, so it's not like I took him very early. I don't care about injury risk in this format; it doesn't matter. I know, but why didn't you take any tight ends? Um, well, the only option I had was Mark Andrews in the first round. Okay, Kyle's Kyle Pitts went before I picked in round three. Kittle and Waller were both gone before I picked in round four. Dalton Schultz was just gone before I picked in round six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Donkey Teeth, what's your two-person squad so far in the Scott Fishbowl? Yeah, it's really filling out well. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I had the first pick, um, and so I, I went with Josh Allen with that first pick. It's super flex, if people didn't know. I think I think you mentioned that, Adam. Yeah. And then on the way back, I did grab uh, Najee Harris. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm really high on Najee. I guess we'll get to that when we get through uh, Heath's tears, but I have him. I was very happy to see him still there at uh, – pick 24 for me okay great so i have uh, i had the ninth pick i took kelsey then i took jalen hurts then i took trey lance with my first three picks okay let's uh do some news I'm, and notes th- that would have been dangerous in a different league where completion percentage could really sink your quarterbacks but thankfully this is not a league like that so completion percentage can sink your quarterbacks <laughs> he is being sarcastic that is the downside of jalen hurts and trey lance the upside is they get a half a point for every rushing first down yeah, Hurts so, in round two was awesome. Yeah, Lance in round three was maybe a reach, uh, but I think I was probably going to end up with something like Carson Wentz if I didn't take, you know, in the next round, if I didn't take Lance in round three. Um, okay, there is a Deshaun Watson report out there. It is not a concrete one. We are not going to report on it. I saw someone talk about it in the chat, so we're going to wait for something uh, more official. It, it could be nothing. Uh, Dalton Schultz does not appear to be close to a deal. He's on the franchise tag. They have until Friday to give Dalton Schultz a new contract or he's going to play the season on a one-year franchise tag deal. And according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, the Seahawks have discussed the possibility of trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Great. Those are your news and notes. Let's get into Heath's running back tiers. Heath, how would you define tier one of McCaffrey? These are PPR, by the way. PPR running back tiers. McCaffrey, Taylor, Eckler, Henry. I would feel no surprise at all if they finished the year as RB1. Okay, great. Let's go to number two. <laughs> I mean, why? why uh, right. Tier two is a big one. There are seven running backs. Mixon, Cook, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, and Leonard Fournette. How would you define tier two? 
It's a it's a, a jumbled mess, really. Like uh, any of these guys could be top five running backs. I think all of these guys have been top five running backs, right? Um, like Najee was just over a full season and not per game last year, but not, not Swift. No, Swift only was for like a half a season. You're right. Swift was uh, um, in full PPR. Guys, he was I would RB4. feel no surprise if they finished as top five running backs. Okay. All right, Donkey Teeth, you get in there now. We got Mixon, Cook, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette in Tier 2. What do you think? I like the Mixon take. I mean, he's a little bit higher on Mixon than most here, but I'm with him. Uh, I guess the the couple – I think Montgomery's too high. I'm a Bears fan, if you can't see my my Walter Payton jersey back here. I I think that I have a hard time getting too invested in the Bears – I think he's got a really high floor, but for, for me in this this area, I'm looking for a little bit more upside. Not that he doesn't have the upside. It's just, man, the Bears, their offense is really going to have to reach that like 95th percentile outcome for, for Montgomery to return this kind of value, in, in my opinion. I'm a little bit lower on Aaron Jones. Um, I, I like the Swift take here. Uh, I think that's a good spot for Fournette. I think he's getting a little bit disrespected by, by people. You know, he's not a super exciting pick, but uh, I mean, he's still in one of the best offenses in the league, behind one of the best offensive lines in the league with Tom Brady at quarterback. So, um, pretty solid tiers here. I'd have Najee Harris up in uh, the first one. Really small changes that that I would make. Yeah, like the Montgomery one is going to be the one. I, I'm actually writing an article on this that'll come out later this afternoon. Um, about the running back tiers. And the, the two that I chose to defend were Montgomery in Tier 2 and Zeke in, in Tier 3, because I think those are the two most controversial right now. Um, I, I just really think it's underestimated the value of having a 20-touch running back. And he's been a 20-touch running back each of the last two years. And I don't think his, he's going to lose that distinction. And as far as the offense goes, it it is... It does profile as a bottom third offense, but I'm as excited about this offense as I've been since Dave Montgomery joined the Bears, and he was a top five running back just a year ago. He like, was a top five running back, two but ago. two years ago, right? He, he finished top five, and I, I know, look, some, some people don't care. Some people do. It was largely weighted on this incredible six-game stretch he had at the end of the year against mostly the worst, you know, some of the worst run defenses in football. Very similar to what Rashad Penny did, by the way, but not quite as impressive. Um, so donkey teeth, how much do you care about that? I mean, when you take a look at David Montgomery, I think if you take those six games out of his career, he's averaging 3.7 yards per carry in his career. I think it's only 3.9 for his full career anyway, but I don't know. I I think some people don't know what to make of David Montgomery. They don't know if he's really that good. And if you remove those, those six games, then he's been, you know, in my opinion, a very underwhelming player. You know, as a Bears fan, what's your little scouting report on David Montgomery? Well, you know, running back is it's a tricky position. We all know, like they're they're so dependent on the system, the offense, all these moving pieces around them. There's very few of them that are going to produce, regardless of uh, you know the system. There, there's only a couple of uh, maybe only one Adrian Peterson out there, but there, you know, there's a couple guys that are are able to to get it done in less than ideal situations. Montgomery. I don't think he's a special player. He's not going to fall into that group. I, you know, he's he's good. He's made it this far. He's an NFL running back, but he's behind a really bad offensive line. And until the Bears, you know, prove to me that they can develop a quarterback and, uh, you know, be a, a top ten offense in the NFL, I just have a hard time. I think the floor is there. I think the carries are going to be there, and there's definitely value in that, especially in in like a deeper league. But if we're talking about a ten team league. I'm looking for a guy that I think has a better shot at finishing in the top five, which I just I have a hard time seeing Montgomery doing that. I hope that I'm wrong. Uh, I definitely could be wrong. I mean, he's shown flashes of it. It's just I'm I'm, I'm going to trust, you know, the, the other uh, I don't know how many games he has in his career that weren't those five or six uh, sample. What about Aaron Jones? You said you're a little lower on Aaron Jones. I think the CBS crew is very high on Aaron Jones. I was talking to Jamie off the air today, and I mean, he, I I don't know if I should share this, but I think he said he's going to move. Yeah, I'll share it, right? Why not? Uh, he's going to move Aaron Jones ahead of Joe Mixon in PPR. So we like Aaron Jones a lot. Um, how do you feel about him? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he finished right here where, where Heath, Heath has got him, but A.J. Dillon is really the 
he's the X factor here. I think AJ Dillon's only going to be a, a bigger part of this offense and he's going to get those goal line carries. Uh, you know, my rankings that I put out are half PPR. I kind of split the difference. I think that that's my favorite format. So I think Aaron Jones gets a, a little bit of a, a boost in full PPR here, mm-hmm. but uh, I just think his upside is a little bit capped with AJ Dillon there. And Adam loves you for saying yeah, half PPR is your favorite format. He's going to start <laughs> using your rankings exclusively from this point on. Um, I will say that there's a, there's a similarity there with Jones and with Montgomery is that I think both of these offenses are going to be extremely running back centric. I think people are too low on Khalil Herbert and maybe A.J. Dillon as well. But I don't I, I expect that Montgomery and Jones to do enough in the passing game to where the forty percent that Herbert or Dylan are on the field is not going to impact them as negatively as it might. Now, the Bears offense is a bit of a crapshoot. Like we're talking about Luke Getzey the only time he's called plays is in college and the the quarterback was the leading rusher on that team. But I do think they're going to try to have a pretty running back centric offense where they're going to have to find some other wide receivers. And just the last thought on Montgomery, um, Matt Eberflus. Am I pronouncing that right? By the way, I've heard it different ways. Matt Eberflus, their new head coach, said, we're going to stress those running backs and stretch their role, meaning can he run the whole gamut of the passing tree, which, you know, it looks like Montgomery can. Can he beat guys one-on-one consistently? Is it a safety or a linebacker that's covering him? It's a positive. If he can beat all those guys, DBs and linebackers, and we feel he has the skill set to do that. All right. Um, I think you probably want to talk about Najee Harris, uh, Donkey Teeth, who you say would be in Tier 1 for you. Heath is actually a little low on Najee Harris. He has him as a 12-13 overall kind of pick. Um, What about you? Yeah, I'm swinging for the fences on Najee Harris. I mean, we all know he had a great rookie season in less than ideal circumstances. Uh, There's definitely some question marks. You know, Big Ben is gone. Um, The offensive line isn't great, but he put up 1,700 yards from scrimmage in his rookie season. Uh, We all know that there's no such thing as a safe running back. They all, all get hurt. But I would not be surprised at all if Najee Harris finishes the season as the the number one running back. Uh, again, half half PPR rankings that that I've got him ranked number three in. Uh, but I think that he probably falls in that same right there three four in in full PPR. I think I, I might move Eckler ahead of him just because he's such a monster in in the receiving department. Uh, but yeah, Najee Harris is my guy this season. Like I said, I drafted him in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I'm all in on Najee. I'm curious to to hear. Uh, I mean, I guess I probably know why he isn't uh, fully in on Najee for the reasons that I said. Offensive line question marks with that offense and quarterback, right? I I think um, that we should somebody should create a the, a David Montgomery Najee Harris Spider Man meme. No, um, no, they're they're both. They're both uh, going to have subpar efficiency. They're both going to be bad on bad offenses with bad offensive lines. And I, my big problem with him is that I am concerned that the target volume is going to shrink significantly um, because I don't think they're very likely to throw 664 passes going from Ben in the huddle to Trubisky or Pickett. And I think both Trubisky and Pickett are more likely to get the ball downfield to their wide receivers or take off when they get under pressure as opposed to dumping the ball off to the running back. So I think both the total target shares and the share that go to running backs could drop. And like the evidence of that, or not the evidence of that, but the, the outcome of that is I only have Harris projected for five more catches than Montgomery this year. So I think the the big difference to me is the Bears versus the Steelers. You know, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers have a track record of producing first round running backs. Uh, and again, we saw Najee Harris behind a terrible offensive line last year put up really nice numbers. Uh, so I get the the concerns for sure. They're they're valid, but I I'd rather take that gamble. Like I said, I'm going for, I'm shooting for the moon. And I think Najee Harris is that kind of guy, even though the talent gap might not be that, that big between Montgomery and Najee. I think Najee's a little bit more talented, but it's, it's probably not a big difference. I don't think we should condemn him to being inefficient either. You know, it's been basically three years for Montgomery and you look at Christian McCaffrey in his rookie year, Le'Veon Bell in his rookie year. Uh, there are actually a lot more examples of guys who just had a terrible yards per carry and they were, fantastic running backs after that but 
Uh, and that's true. Like, like we shouldn't, and I don't really think that the inefficiency has that much to do with him. I just don't think the situation has changed to make him more efficient. And yards per carry is not the only other only way to measure efficiency. As a pass catcher, I think Montgomery's been significantly more efficient. Well, every pass catcher on the Steelers was horribly inefficient, right? I mean, right? Like, right. that's just that was I their offense. I don't know offense. that Mitchell Trubisky or rookie Kenny Pickett's going to assist in that. All right. Uh, well, uh, you know what? I did some crazy stat work. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to talk no, enough about do. it. please do. Please do. I just want to give you a, a thought on, on the floor for Najee Harris because he should be among the NFL leaders in carries. He had 307 last year. So let's just say he had 300 in 17 games uh, if he gets that, or that would be 282 carries in 16 games. I looked at all the running backs who reached that mark either 282 carries in 16 games or 300 carries last year over the last five seasons. There were 12 running backs who reached that mark. They all finished, at the very worst, they were top 10 per game in PPR. Nine of the 12 finished top six per game. Najee Harris was one of the exceptions. He finished eighth per game last year in PPR. And the three players who did not finish top six were on subpar offenses. Uh, they were LaShawn McCoy in 2018, Nick Chubb in 2019, Najee Harris last year, and they were all on offenses that ranked 21st or 22nd in scoring. Um, however, there were some examples of, of guys in that range, McCaffrey, Zeke, Derrick Henry, 20th, 23rd in scoring, who did finish top six. So I guess my point is there is so much safety with him if he stays healthy because he should get the 300 carries. And, I mean, I can't imagine he'd be any worse than what he was last year, which was eighth per game in PPR. Let's take a quick break here. We'll talk about Tier 3, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott, when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are back looking at Heath's running back tiers. We're up to tier three. Quick reminder, tier one was McCaffrey, Taylor, Eckler, and Henry. Tier two was Mixon, Cook, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, Montgomery, Swift, and Fournette. These are PPR tiers, and tier three is five running backs. I think this is a really interesting tier. Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, but then Jacobs and Elliott, who you have ahead of Kamara, which is all about suspension, but you have Jacobs and Elliott in this tier, but you have uh, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, James Conner, Brees Hall, Antonio Gibson in the next tier, and I wonder why Jacobs and Elliott snuck into this third tier. Yeah, I think and I kind of talked about it on FFT and 5. For the most part, the tier 4 tier is more the, I don't know how many games these guys are going to play. <laughs> um, at least at the top of it. The bottom of it, um, I don't I don't really believe um, that Hall, like I don't know how many games Hall's going to get to be a workhorse would be a better way to phrase it. But I think it's more just that I'm a little bit higher on Josh Jacobs and Ezekiel Elliott. For Zeke in particular, Listen, there's there's floor concerns with the way he looked after the injury last year and the way Tony Pollard outperformed him down the stretch. But every single thing that you hear out of Dallas suggests that they think he's 100% again and they are going to use him like Ezekiel Elliott again. And if that's true, then he's a tier two running back at the absolute worst. Right, right. He was at the beginning um, of the year. He, if it's true, he might be a tier one running back. All right, Donkey. So oh, I'm sorry. it's tough to balance that with the floor of maybe that injury last year was the one that took away that whatever percentage of of ability that he's just not that good anymore. 
Um, but I don't want to overlook the upside of what Zeke could be and okay. has been. All right, so let's get Donkey Teeth's take here on Tier 3. Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I, I guess uh, to follow up on Zeke, since we're already there, uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I've actually been pretty down on Zeke the past couple seasons, so it's weird for me to, to now feel like uh, everything is kind of flip-flopped, and everybody hates Zeke. It's, it's so strange to see him ranked so low, even though I'm not crazy about him. It's like you don't have to be crazy about him to, to be drafting him in, in the area that he's, he's in. Uh, there's definitely some, some risk there just because of how many carries that he's got piled up in his career. But at, at the place that he's going, I mean, he, could, he can easily finish as an RB1. We, we know that. So the, the risk-reward is, is great this season on Zeke. I've got him at 15 personally. The, I think the big one that I uh, disagree with in this tier is Javante Williams. I'm huge on Javante Williams as well this season. You know, I, I was probably – I've got him at number seven. I was going to have him even higher until the the Melvin Gordon uh, re-signing. But, I, you know, even in a split offense, we saw Javante Williams look better than Melvin Gordon last year. Uh, of course, I think Melvin Gordon is going to be a, a part of that uh, the game plan, and it's going to be split. But, uh, you know, there's, there's so many committees now. It's like how many running backs are really going to be handling 25 carries a game, even 20 carries a game. So I think Javante Williams gets the job done as, as the lead back with Melvin still being a factor there and vulturing some touchdowns and taking some carries. But with Russell Wilson now at the helm in year two, I think Javante Williams, he's going to be a consensus – Tier one running back next year is is my uh, opinion. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable with ranking Javante Williams anywhere or tiering him anywhere, honestly, just because I don't know um, where the split's going to happen with Williams and Gordon. I I obviously, if I have him in tier three, I think the split's going to be much different than it was last year because if the split was what it was last year, I'd have him in tier five. Uh, he was not over the course of the season and really especially if you just count the games that he played with melvin gordon he was not really a starting running back for fantasy purposes he was more of a flex so and i do expect a big change but does that big change include him scoring a higher percentage of the touchdowns than melvin gordon i would i hope so i don't i don't know um so he's he's right there at the top of tier three i wouldn't be surprised if he's actually a tier two back but I wouldn't be that surprised either if he's a tier four back, if it's a, a 55-45 split between Williams and, and Melvin Gordon, who I think has kind of turned into a little bit of a, a punching bag. Like Melvin Gordon was still really pretty good last year and on fewer touches scored more fantasy points. And you can get him about a hundredth overall, Melvin Gordon, too. Uh, all right, so I, I think um, we'll, we'll move on to tier four which will have some overlap for a lot of people, Tier th the end of Tier 3, the beginning of Tier 4. You just pick the guys you like. You know, People are going to like Cam Akers over Josh Jacobs, maybe, or James Conner ahead of Zeke and Jacobs, something like that. Uh, but Tier 3 was Javante, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Ezekiel Elliott. And Tier 4 is Alvin Kamara, Cam Akers. <laughs> See, Kamara deserves his own tier, Heath. <laughs> Oh yeah, one yes, and then we should just like put an put an asterisk by it. And if Alvin Kamara is not suspended at all, he's a tier two running back. Okay. <laughs> if he's suspended for half the season, then he's a tier five or six running back. Uh, Kamara, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, James Conner, Brees Hall, and Antonio Gibson. I'm going to give Donkey Teeth the first word here. Kamara, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, James Conner, Brees Hall, Antonio Gibson. What do you think about this tier? Not even, you know, who you, you can talk about who you have higher or lower, but where are we? Are we looking at, this could easily be my first running back. I'd be happy with them if I took, you know, wide receivers with my first, you know, wide receiver tight end with my first three picks, and this is my RB1, or I want this as my RB2, or I'm skipping over this group. Your general thoughts on this group, because this is, we're into round four, really, in ADP, and maybe, maybe into the beginning of round five in a 12-team league. Uh, yeah, I don't want this as my first running back that, that I'm very confident in. I, we're looking at RB twos here. You, you know, I guess I shouldn't say that because I would be comfortable. There's one guy in this tier that I really love. It's Antonio Gibson. Uh, there's definitely some risk though. I wouldn't feel great about having him as my RB one, uh, really excited to have him as, as my RB two, but, uh, yeah, this is mostly an avoid tier for, for me. Uh, I like Brees Hall as well. Uh, James Conner, 
you know, he had a great season, but it, it's really hard for me to to get fully on board with. I mean, the touchdowns are going to come back down. Uh, but there, yeah, there's a lot of risk. This is a risky tier. I think that that's uh, uh, Keith kind of framed it up that way, and I agree. Even Alvin Kamara, even if he weren't to get suspended, which uh, I think he will, I still don't know if I can get on board with him in, in tier two after what we saw from him with uh, without Drew Brees last year. You know, he came back down to earth. He's he's now 27 years old. That's not really young for a running back. The the carries and, and touches have piled up in in his career. So, uh, yeah, there's just a, a ton of risk in this tier. Uh, I guess to circle back to my Antonio Gibson love, he's the guy that. Again, I, I mean, a common theme with my rankings and and what I'm talking here today is I'm I'm after that upside. I'm after that guy that I think can be a league winner, and I think Antonio Gibson has that upside, even if he's even if he is splitting carries uh, and, and touches with McKissick and uh, the rookie Brian Robinson. I mean, we've seen that might be better for Antonio Gibson for uh, his health down the stretch. He's he's broken down. He's not exactly that kind of guy that you want to get uh, 20 to 25 carries a game. But he's a game breaker, you know, 15 carries a game and five, six, seven receptions. And he can put up top 10 running back numbers all day long. So I've got him at number 11. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it back over to, to Heath here. Yeah, I think you could divide this into two groups. The, I'm just going to go with Adams, break my tears yeah. into more tears, giving me tears. Camara, <laughs> uh, Akers, Dobbins, and Hall, I would put, I would kind of describe as I'm hoping they could be RB1s in the second half. Um, Connor and Gibson are more of, I know they could be RB1s. I'm not sure their teams are going to use them in the way that would bring that about. Uh, I, with Gibson specifically, I, I just hated Washington's offseason. I hated the fact that whatever that thing was with J.D. McKissick, where the Bills thought he was going to be a Bill, and then Washington went in and made a last-ditch effort to bring McKissick back. Why do that when you have a running back who's better as a receiver on your team? And then to use, with the few draft picks they had, to use a draft pick on another running back and then start telling us how that's going to be their D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Well, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart were an awesome combination. That would be great. I don't think that would be a very good combination if you also have another running back who's going to catch 50 passes on the team. So I, I just... I think Gibson could be a top 12 running back. I definitely like Connor. I've talked all off season about how good I think he is in the passing game, but I don't know why when they already had Eno Benjamin and they'd already drafted a day three back, they went and signed third down specialist Daryl Williams. Um, it makes me concerned that they don't want to use Connor that way. And Connor specifically has enough injury history that that might make some sense, but I don't think Connor in last year's role yeah is going to be a top 12 running back. I, I just wonder if Connor had, if we're overrating the competition for James Connor. Because I'm all about this, Heath. I mean, one of my bold predictions was that he would, he would be a bust. I don't remember what it was. But, but then I got to thinking of it more. Because I, I saw some, I don't remember where it was, some report, some beat writer saying that Eno Benjamin was the favorite to be the third down back, not, not my, Darryl Williams. My concern, I, I, I want to be very clear. I don't think... Eno Benjamin or Keontae Ingram or Daryl Williams are any competition at all for James Conner. My concern is that the team wants to use them on the downs where Conner really, like not in, in touchdowns, but I don't think he's going to score that many touchdowns again. Yeah. But they, they want to use him on those pass catching downs and keep his t catch total closer to 30 than 50. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. But then there's also this he was the third best pass blocker among running backs in the He's NFL awesome. last year, um, according to PFF. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, it's. I agree with everything, but I'm also wondering if we're being a little too hard, a little too harsh. Um, and then, all right, let's. Uh, Cam Akers, by the way, is someone Heath that could definitely jump up, right? I mean, based on what we see this preseason in training camp, Cam Akers. Yeah, I. For me, it's probably more of a situation where I think Cam Akers could surprise me. I've pretty much decided that I think Cam Akers is okay. Um, I just don't – I didn't believe Cam Akers – like J.K. Dobbins is someone that if we start training camp and, oh, yeah, J.K. Dobbins is not on the pup list, then he would make a massive leap. But I thought J.K. Dobbins was a lot better running back coming into the NFL than Cam Akers. And I, Akers hasn't done anything to to disprove that for me yet. 
All right, let's go to tier five. Sign me up for the RB dead zone. Sign me up for tier five. Uh, I like Heath's tier here. Elijah Mitchell, Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Chase Edmonds, Miles Sanders, and A.J. Dillon. Personally, I don't think I would have Clyde or, or Edmonds here, but I think, you know, not every pick you make has to be a home run. There are times when just getting a guy who is start-worthy and dependable helps. Um, and I think you and you could hit home runs. I mean, Elijah Mitchell, I think he had five games with 20-plus carries last year. That's, that's unheard of for a 49ers running back. Uh, ETN, obviously, first-round pick and could be a PPR stud. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was better than Nick Chubb in the five games they played together uh, last year in, in full PPR. And he was, I think he was like the eighth best running back per game in the first five games of the season before Chubb, Chubb got hurt and then Hunt got hurt. Um, yeah, and then you got A.J. Dillon, you got Miles Sanders, you got Clyde, you got Chase Evans. Heath, sign me up. I'm in the dead zone here. I'm all about tier five. Yeah, there's no floor at all with virtually any of these running backs. And there is super exciting ceiling depending on role for almost all of these running backs. So I, I could understand why you wanted to – and the great thing is, like, some of these guys fall so far, they're almost out of the dead zone. Like, yeah. We're almost to the other side. Why do you say there's okay. no floor? Why, why do you say there's no floor? Um, because, well, don't you want to – like, on an individual case? Yeah, because I, I – unless you're – if you take Kareem injuries – if you take might be in the smaller half of a committee – on a team quarterbacked for 17 games by Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> he, will, he, um, will, he will be by the smaller <laughs> half. Yeah, Travis, yeah. Travis Etienne could just be a gadget back for James Robinson. Okay. Elijah Mitchell is a sixth-round running back on a Kyle Shanahan team that has two other third-round running backs that Shanahan has chosen the past two years. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, obvious, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, Chase Edmonds, obvious, I think. Yeah. Miles Sanders can't even score a touchdown. <laughs> AJ Dillon has a nice floor. I, I honestly, I think Dillon and Hunt are perfect high end flexes if nobody gets hurt, and number one running backs if the other guy gets hurt. Huge upside with some flex floor. All right, Donkey Teeth, what do you think uh, about tier five here? Well, I mean, I, I think. Back in tier four, we kind of hit that that spot where, man, you can rank these players somewhere in tier four. We hit that spot where you can rank these guys any way you want. And it especially becomes true from tier five on here. I mean, uh, these guys, as he said, no floor and anybody beyond them could could end up being more valuable. So the, the player that uh, I'll go to bat for uh, in tier five is Miles Sanders. I think that uh, he's the Eagles. I don't know if either of you guys owned Miles Sanders or if you remember oh. how frustrating that offense was uh, at the start of last year. But they just like forgot that they had Miles Sanders. They didn't run the ball at all. It was the most bizarre thing. Like everybody knew that they should be running the ball and they just didn't run it at all. And then he got hurt. Uh, so I'm just throwing last year out. Uh, again, back to my theme of upside. Miles Sanders, you know, anytime he touches the ball, coincidentally, he had zero touchdowns last year as as he. Uh, poked at there but anytime he touches the ball he can take it to the house he's a game breaker um you know if he can stay healthy you know absolutely the floor is zero but if he can stay healthy there is rb1 upside so he's the guy that i want to draft in this tier at his uh current adp and um let's see who else you know i like aj Dillon, but yeah i think the rest of this tier other than etn has got that upside to to be the lead back it's just we don't know how that's going to be handled with james james robinson uh, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has that upside. The rest of the tier uh, feels like uh, pretty solid committee backs. You think so with Mitchell in San Francisco? Uh, he's either a, he's either a workhorse back or he's on the waiver wire. We don't know. Yeah, he belongs <laughs> in his own tier, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, look. The thing about San Francisco is I I really think that the running back injuries have been so weird. But if you look at the last three seasons. In the way I have seen it, it may not be so obvious in the numbers, but if you look at the the box scores and when injuries actually happened, I really think that Raheem Mostert was on his way, that they were treating him like a true lead running back, not involved in the passing game. That I'm not counting that. But in terms of carries, like Raheem Mostert, it was his backfield, I think, two straight years, and he couldn't stay healthy and take advantage of it. And last year, it was all 
Elijah Mitchell when Elijah Mitchell was healthy. I mean, the amount of carries this guy got was was off the charts. Um, so I think that they're not as much of a committee as you would as they're made out to be. The one exception would be late in the 2019 season, I believe. It was a very much committee between Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. But that was after Mostert missed time with an injury. Before the injury, it was his backfield. So that's just my take on it. I think that they, they are willing, they're more willing to give someone a full work full workload in the running game than maybe they get credit for. No, I don't. I, I, I think I agree with that. Um, my distinction might be that they're not very loyal. I think they are loyal as long as there's not an injury. You know, that's what I'm saying. I think they were loyal to Mostert. They realized he was the best guy, and he just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, I think Maybe. I think the I agree with both of you to to be honest. But I think the injury thing here is kind of weird. The, the loyalty and injury thing because it's like even if somebody gets a little bit banged up, they can be like out in a second. Uh, and I think that that's the the loyalty thing Heath is is talking about. It doesn't take like a four or five six week injury. It takes like hey, I, I, you know, I'm a little bit sore today. <laughs> All right, let's go into the the last three tiers, which is you, you know, well, Tony Pollard I think is at the top of tier six, and I just want we could start with that. Why is Tony Pollard in tier six and not in the AJ Dillon Kareem Hunt tier? I moved him into the tier five for FFT and five yesterday, and you said no, you didn't agree that he belonged in that tier, so I dropped him back into. Tier I six. I agree with you. I'm making. It's, I'm asking it's, you. It's explain. literally just because you said so. <laughs> um, it's touchdowns like, for me. I, I think. When you look at Hunt and Dylan, you could see them each getting some rushing touchdowns. Whereas if Zeke and Pollard are both healthy, it's that is Zeke's role. I I really kind of think that this tier six group probably needs an injury and maybe some good luck and or some good luck to finish as a top twenty five running back. Okay, so let's read the tier: Pollard, Pierce, Damian Pierce, Naeem Hines, Michael Carter, Cordero Patterson, James Cook. Damian Harris, Tyler Algier, Devin Singletary, Melvin Gordon, Ken Walker, Rashad Penny, and Ronald Jones. Donkey Teeth, any disagreements? Anybody in here that you think belongs in a different tier, either higher or lower? Uh, no strong disagreements. I think the guy that uh, I'd highlight is Cordell Patterson. Um, you know, nobody seems to believe what he did last year, which. I mean, it is hard to believe, but just the fact that he did it and he's being drafted. I keep drafting him in these uh, startup dynasties that Heath keeps inviting to me that you guys are doing over there. Because uh, he's he's always there at like pick 130. And it's like, yeah, he's not a great dynasty asset, but uh, he just finished top 10. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to do it again, but he just proved that he can. And what other competition is there? I mean, it, it, it's... It's it's a weird thing where it's like I don't I don't like him, but I'll keep drafting him where he's going. Um, I think Kenneth Walker is interesting. You know, Pete Carroll continues to produce running backs that uh, that rack up fantasy points. So, uh, uh, oh, and Damon Harris. Damon Harris is the the other one that I like here, and it's hard to get fully on board with uh, a Belichick running back, but they really went uh, pretty far in on Damian Harris last year. You know, I like Ramondre Stevenson as as well, but. Uh, it, I think that there's a pretty good argument for Damian Harris being up in tier five. In, in half PPR, I definitely would have him up there. Um, in, in full PPR, I'm just worried that the kind of this, this timeshare we saw at the end of last year will be more what we see the entire year, only he won't score 15 touchdowns on 200 carries. Devin Singletary is interesting too, Heath. Would you move him up into another tier in half PPR league? Because I think obviously you're worried about to have James yep. Cook, who you also have in this tier. So what about Singletary? Yeah, there are some some duos here. You've got Walker and Penny. You've got Singletary and Cook. You've got Patterson and Algier. I think those are the, the teammates that all find themselves in this tier. I would move Singletary up a tier in half PPR. I don't. He's been one of the worst pass-catching running backs in the NFL, so I just don't like the fact that they went so hard after McKissick and now I've got Cook. I don't think and he might be a poor man's Damian Harris is my, is my fear. All right, tier seven is Khalil Herbert. James Robinson, Deontay Foreman, Ramondre Stevenson, Rashad White, Kenneth Gainwell, and Alexander Madison. I can't call this a strictly handcuffed tier, Heath. Mostly handcuffed Okay. So how do uh, James Robinson and, I guess, Ramondre Stevenson fit in with guys who look like more true handcuffs? Uh, Herbert, 
Deontay Foreman, Rashad White in Tampa Bay, Kenneth Gainwell, and Alexander Madison? Yeah, I mean, I think Gainwell and Stevenson are going to be um, low-end flexes if there's no injury, but if there's an injury, could be really good. And as for James Robinson, he's another guy who just needs his own tier because I have no idea what to do with him. But they continue to talk semi, semi-optimistically semi about the idea that he might come off the pup before the season starts. Uh, Donkey Teeth, any thoughts? Uh, again, Khalil Herbert, James Robinson, Deontay Foreman, Ramondre Stevenson, Rashad White, Kenneth Gainwell, Alexander Madison. I, I mean, I think you pretty well highlighted the two guys that stick out, uh, James Robinson and, and Stevenson. I, I feel like... They, they kind of separate from this tier. I also agree with what Heath said about Khalil Herbert uh, when we were talking about David Montgomery. I think that that uh, outside of being a handcuff, there could be some value in, in Khalil Herbert this year. Of course, I'm not going to be drafting him aggressively, but he's more of a, a, in most leagues, shallower leagues, kind of just a guy I'm keeping an eye on uh, throughout the season because that, that role could be bigger than people are expecting. Stevenson is interesting when you compare him to somebody like Alexander Madison, who we've seen can be a top five-ish running back when Dalvin Cook is out, um, but but has basically no role when Dalvin Cook is in. New coaching staff, don't know if that'll change. But like Stevenson, in the last five games that Stevenson and Harris played together after Harris got hurt, Stevenson had two more carries than Damian Harris. They had, this, I think, the same amount of touches, and they both had about 50 carries. Um, Stevenson did a lot better with those carries, but you know they were low catch, uh, about ten carry per game guys, which is really terrible. But Stevenson, I, I guess, has a role which you could say, well, that puts him ahead of Madison. But at the same time, he's so much less upside because even if Harris gets hurt, if both guys have a running back injury in their backfield, wouldn't you say Madison has more upside than Stevenson? I would. Yeah. So it's an interesting decision you'll have to make from your fantasy team based on what you need at that point and how deep you are at running back. We don't need to say the names in tier eight. It's sad. <laughs> no, that's not sad. There's some there's some interesting players. There's JD McKissick. I don't know why JD McKissick is in tier eight and James Cook is in tier six. Um because I don't want JD McKissick to ever come close to his 2020 role again. I would like to pretend like he doesn't exist for most of the time. <laughs> Um, no, I think there's a better <laughs> chance that JD, James Cook could turn into an actual running back than J.D. McKissick. Okay. And but, James Cook's not 30. Uh, McKissick, Jamal Williams. plays on the Bills. Daryl Henderson. Okay. <laughs> Kenyon Drake, Gus Edwards, Daryl Williams, Brian Robinson, Raheem Mostert, Marlon Mack, Isaiah Spiller, James White, Mark Ingram. I guess we don't really need to talk about that. So Don, No Don, idea. Like Mark Ingram might be way too low. Yeah. It, he, he might be a tier five running back if we get this Camara suspension news. Any final thoughts on that, Donkey Teeth? Uh, I mean, the one player in tier eight that I'd highlight is Brian Robinson, just because we know that that uh, Antonio Gibson is no sure thing to stay healthy, and McKissick is not going to be, uh, you know, a workhorse. So he's the upside guy, the the unknown shiny rookie that uh, in the late rounds of a deep league I would take a shot on in this tier, but. Yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed this show. It's it's really taught me a lot about uh, tiers, uh, how many tiers you should have. <laughs> this really great tier philosophy. What color shirt you should wear? <laughs> uh, I, by the way, have a Bushwood Country Club shirt. Oh, nice! Isn't that good? Is, yeah. Is that the uh, the country club that you got shut down <laughs> a couple years ago? No, that is not. That is the Caddyshack. Maybe you got a T-shirt out of the settlement. Country Club. No, no, I didn't do that. I actually just got a Caddyshack uh, T-shirt. It says "Tremendous Slouch" on it. Oh, don't sell yourself short, Donkey. You're a tremendous slouch. <laughs> tremendous slouch. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna read a few emails here while we have a minute. Travis, are you good? You gotta you gotta hop off, or are you good? Donkey. Good here. Okay, cool. I'm good. Yeah. Who's Travis? Uh, Travis in a town north of Lansing. Oh, you thought I was talking to Travis. I'm sorry. Yes. I interrupted myself mid-thought there. Travis is the emailer. Okay. He says, Dear Steve, Sergey, Brendan, and Nicholas. I bet those are hockey players. They, they are. They feel like Detroit Red Wings to me, which would maybe be a town north of Lansing. I don't know. 12-team PPR super flex tight end premium. This is a dynasty league with two flex, three wide receivers. So again, it's PPR and it's super flex and it's tight end premium. Uh, how would you assess his team? He has okay 12-team league. Come on. 
you're not going to read off 18 names to us <laughs> and have us assess a team. I think you can do it fairly easily. Why don't you just put it on the screen? Share your screen with us. I, that would be less easy. That would be less easy. All right. You know what? This is not the best uh, email to read. But what happened well, was... You already teased them. At least read his starting lineup. All right, yeah. all right. He's probably like sitting there like, oh, they're going to read it. Herbert, <laughs> Herbert, Goff, and Pickett. Uh, A.J. Dillon, Eli Mitchell, Devin Singletary, Rashad Petty, Trey Sermon. So far, not very good. Uh, but Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, Devontae Smith... Uh, DJ Chark, Pickens, Terrace Marshall, Tyler Boyd, Miko Hartman, and George Kittle, Hayden Hurst, and Kate Otten at tight end. I do not like this team very much. I think you're a little ways away, and the Kittle and Tyreek and probably one other person I didn't hear, Singletary, like some of those guys I would be looking to move and hoping to compete next year. Okay, yeah, I think Keenan Allen was in there. Yeah. Okay. Was that uh, full PPR? Yes, yeah, it helps a little. Yeah, I mean the running back was the obvious weakness. He's got a lot of lot of long term assets there at wide receiver. So, yeah, maybe looking towards twenty twenty three. Here's an email from Nick, dear Terry, Mark, Bubby, and Neil. Those are uh, oh, Steelers. Steelers yeah, yeah. Okay. Here is the team I just drafted in my twenty four rosters. Sp- no, just kidding. With Tyreek Hill gone, doesn't it seem likely that defenses will double team Travis Kelsey a lot? And therefore, we should pass on Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey has been doubled a lot already. I I did. I mean, obviously, I had this thought because it's going to certainly change the way teams defend them. You know, they're not going to see the single high safety look or the two high safety look as much. I would I wouldn't think. And that's, you know, that's a tight ends best friend. I think uh, we had Rich Rebar lay that out for us a couple years ago about Travis Kelsey. He's benefited from that. Um, but I tend to just think he's going to get peppered with targets, and that's better than than this theory. Yeah, it could go either way. I, I mean, definitely something to be said for Tyreek opening up the field. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think I'm going to draft Travis Kelsey where he's going anyway in the, the early second round. But I could, I could definitely see him being peppered and, and putting up those – Typical Travis Kelsey monster numbers still. And I'm skeptical as to whether teams stop playing cover two. Um, like it's one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes and a lot of speed. Yeah, yeah, I don't they do have deep threats. T- take a chance with that, but maybe. All right. This is from Elliot. He says he is picking seventh in a 12 team PPR league and he wants to take Justin Jefferson. It is a two running back, two receiver, one flex league. He's looking at Aaron Jones, CeeDee Lamb, or Saquon Barkley in round two. Who would you take if you took Jefferson in round one and it's only a two-receiver league with one flex? Would you take Aaron Jones, CeeDee Lamb, or Saquon Barkley, and why? Donkey Teeth, you can go first. Uh, Saquon. I'm pretty big on Saquon, and I feel like if you've only got... I, honestly, I might, I might not take Jefferson uh, if you only need to start two wide receivers. That's really... That's a huge um, factor, especially... I don't know. Did you say how many teams? Is it 10, 12? 12. 12. Yeah, I mean, it's still very shallow. You only need two wide receivers. That's only 24 wide receivers that are going to be started, uh, uh, depending on if people throw them in, in their flex. But uh, it really devalues wide receivers. So I would definitely be going running back with that pick. And honestly, I would I would consider running back with the first pick if there's any options there. But Saquon would be my guy. I'm good with Jefferson there, but I would take Aaron Jones in the second. Okay. All right. Thank you. Donkey T, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Oh, you guys are great. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you we'll at see, 1 o'clock. We'll see him in about two hours. Yeah, we're well, going to we do a... We'll see him, but we'll see yeah. him in the draft room. He won't be yeah, on I'm just going to hang out with you guys all day. Cool. All right. Uh, we will talk to you all at 1 o'clock with our live mock draft. And if you can't catch that, uh, that's at youtube.com slash today. Join us at 7 o'clock where Scott Fish and Tara Roberts and I will be answering your questions and helping you with your Scott Fish Bowl drafts. If you're lucky enough to be like Heath, will be in round 10 by then. Uh, Donkey Teeth and I will probably probably be in round three or four by then, but we will talk to you then. So again, for Donkey Teeth and Heath Cummings, I'm Adam Azer. We've got wide receiver tier. Oh, I forgot. Wide receiver tiers is also tonight. What a busy day. Four shows. So that's usually our Wednesday show. It's actually going to be on Tuesday night at 8.15 Eastern with Heath and Jacob Gibbs. All right. We'll see you later, everybody. Have a good night.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 